We want you to enjoy this, but you won't. Well, that was nice. Everybody exists. Yep. I mean, barely. Sure. I mean, in a, you know, strictly accurate sense. Mm. Nobody can prove otherwise. Yeah, exactly. No. And that's, that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. Legally yeah. and otherwise. It's not about whether or not you exist. It's about what you can prove. Yes. That money, you can't prove that money existed in Dan's account. It's just what you can prove to state it was resting in. Yes. I think. I think he's accusing me of crimes, but I'm honestly not sure. Would you be in a position to embezzle a huge amount of money from your corfball team now? No. Is that because Why? your corfball team doesn't have a huge amount of money? Partly that, but also I'm not one of the ones who holds the account. Sad, isn't it? Mm. Could you just like claim spurious expenses? Probably. Seems a bit of a dick move, though. Yeah, but, you know, when in Rome. Entertaining clients <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, my last day at work tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So today... You're, just, I you're got... working on the bank holiday, aren't you? Hey? You're working on the bank holiday. It's not bank holiday tomorrow. First... No, on Monday. It's your first day. Oh, well, no, I've got a week off, and then it, I would be starting on the bank holiday, but I had to oh, point out it was Tuesday. Bank holiday. The coloration one, yeah. So, oh, so, uh, so it was your old workplace that had shit up the walls? Yes, that's right, yes. Okay, that's right. I, I, for some reason I had it in my head you'd already started the new place, and I thought that was that was a, a bad sign. That would be a red flag, wouldn't it, in anyone's, uh, in anyone's book? You start on your first day, and there's just a load of shit up the wall. <laughs> Yeah, no, in the last week, then, I mean, nothing could surprise me anymore. So I, th- I think I'm broadly okay with it. I got I got told off today for arguing with some fucking jobs worth from IT because he was being a dickhead. I don't give a fuck anymore, so I just uh, told him his policy was stupid. Uh, but then my acting boss uh, said, I have to deal with these people. Can you please not? And I said, yeah, fair enough. Is that actually like the guy that's coming to to like as a temporary replacement rather? Than- well, no, he he was, uh, he, well, yeah, he he was Damien's boss, so now he's like technically Damien's right. okay. so, yeah. So he said, "Could you uh, please not antagonise our people in IT uh, who I have to work with after you've gone?" Which is a fair enough point, but also the guy's being a dick. So yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, uh, they decided that developers who compile code, which is then immediately blocked by the anti-the threat detection software because it's unrecognized executable. I pointed out, well, of course it's a fucking unrecognized executable. He's just compiled it, you bellend. And he said, oh, well, you could sign the code. It's like, we're not going to implement a fucking code signing system for stuff that we control and we deploy to control systems. Just yeah, so that was fun. So uh, yeah, I, yeah. Just he pissed me off, and I don't have to try and uh, restrain myself now. So I just decided to tell him what I thought is of his policies. The joy of it, isn't it? Yeah. Which the problem is, as soon as I've done that, then I feel shit for the rest of the day, um, and wish I hadn't. 
So I'm just genuinely there is a lesson to be learned. You did any work? I've been busier in the last nine weeks than I have in the last nine years. It's nuts. Yeah, handover is fucking horrible. It's basically yeah. like while you're still there, is everything just sort of ticks over and you don't actually have to do anything. But as soon as you say you're going to leave, everyone suddenly panics and starts doing all the things they should have been doing all along. But suddenly realize that oh actually this person is a single point of failure for like a dozen systems that we have and if we don't do some kind of proper handover process the entire business will stop functioning yeah and uh, i was still friends with the people who work there so i don't want it to be completely shit after i've gone I also don't want it to be completely fine after i've gone because <laughs> no, you want them to notice that yes. leave a few hand grenades buried somewhere yeah, I'll put a fish above one of the ceiling tiles, you know, standard stuff. But, um, yeah, so I cleared out my desk the other day. Um, it's a very small box for uh, of, of stuff. Mostly it's Nerf guns and uh, Nerf darts. <laughs> so, that reminds me. Is that your desk? No, this is uh, Nerf darts. Oh right, yeah. Uh, yeah, plenty of yeah. We uh, we got home and Charlotte emptied out her coat pockets. <laughs> he he has about a trillion of them. I, I wouldn't worry. Yes, I have a um a good uh, notice period story. Uh, so I think she's England is going through um, uh, right sizing, whatever bullshit they call it these days. And so they no, they it doesn't sound like the NHS. Yeah. Um, so they offered some people voluntary redundancy, um, and one of my sort of friends and colleagues, um, who also play golf ball with, um, her team, one of the guys had gone for voluntary redundancy, and they he got an email from them a few weeks ago saying, "Yep, we've accepted your voluntary redundancy. Yeah, we're, we will pay you. We're working through the process. Expect to hear from us in the next few weeks or something. So come now. Um, it's been like eight weeks." Uh, nothing's happened. Um, and he gets an email at about four o'clock today saying, hi, your redundancy has been processed. Your last day is tomorrow. Oh, nice. <laughs> Just literally nothing in between those two things. Um, <laughs> and my friend is just take, taking on like half his work. And he was like, I guess we're doing a handover all of Friday then. Fuck the yeah. other person he's been working with because she's not in that day. You're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I would well, love to have voluntary redundancy. Can you imagine that? That'd be great. You, yeah. You get to not have to go to work anymore, and they pay you. Yeah. And so you can just sit on your ass for a couple of months and find something new. Mm. It just sounds like, just sounds wonderful. Yeah. No. Well, I'm down to almost being the only person left in my team now at Bell. Everyone else has, everyone else bar one has now found alternative employment. So yes. I am the, the there's one other guy who is who isn't currently working. Obviously I'm working this contract now, so I'm gonna be there for a bit at least. Um but everyone else has just got bored and fucked off, which is understandable because like basically they haven't had anything to do since December. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how not having anything to do is considerably worse than being way too busy. Yeah. Yes. It is very, very dull. Um, it, it's it's yeah, it's the worst of of uh, yeah. It's not like the worst thing that could happen to you employment wise, but it's horrible because you are expected to like meet certain minimum employment requirements, but also have nothing to do. Yeah, you can't just go to the cinema. No, 
Unless you can take like our lunches. But, um, I mean, I never went to the cinema, but towards the end of the time that I was at DB, was taking like two hour lunches every day. Yeah, nobody enough, noticed or cared. So, you know, that is the one downside to being back in, in like a proper employment is that I can't just fuck off for two hours at lunchtime. Yeah, well, the the new place sort of have a, a system, basically, they say work seven hours between seven and seven, and if you want to take two hours for lunch and finish an hour later and do what you like, which basically what seems what like a good they policy. Had a, they had a core hours that you had to be there, yeah, and, and it, they didn't care how else how you made the other rest of the hours up. Mm. Which I think is reasonable because, like, ultimately, what matters is can you do your work, and as long as you're doing your work, like, if you want to do it at two in the morning, then it doesn't affect anyone else. Then why not? Well, yeah, fair enough. So uh, yeah, tomorrow we finish at three and uh, going straight to the pub. Nice. Nice. So, three day weekend to recover. That's true. Yes. Except another probably... three day weekend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I will probably have to try and get up early so I can get home and take the children to swimming lessons, which I also mm-hmm. might just not, because I mean they they're not going to fall into any rivers between now and next weekend, are they? Uh, yeah, so uh, my employment my employment days are over. Uh, I'll have a week of glorious uh, unemployment. Might register for um, the dull. I don't think you can. I mean, you can. Whether they'll accept it or not is not a matter. Yeah, oh, fair enough, yes. I'd like to sponge off the state for a little bit. I would also yeah. I'd like to maintain my current lifestyle. Yeah, but the problem is, you see, it's not even the current lifestyle. Like, it's not even that you get this all for being on whatever it is now. Well, I guess it'll be universal credit now if you did it. Um, it's that you have to just, like, rock up to the job centre on a regular basis for, like, humiliating interviews in which they uh, berate you for not having found a job yet. And then they offer you jobs that you're won't be like phenomenally overqualified for. And when you say I'm phenomenally overqualified for these jobs, they go, "Yeah, but we don't have any facility to find you anything that isn't minimum wage drudgery because that's what we're trained for." Mm. I mean, and I'm not not in any way speaking from direct personal experience here. Yeah, I, I have heard that if you go on the dole, you, like people like on eighty thousand pounds a year, that's that's the figure that I've seen touted. Uh, I have seen I no reason to disbelieve it. Quite a lot of effort in to get that kind of money. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a full-time job in itself, just grifting, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to generate a lot of like fake dependence and mm. disability. Yeah, that's why I wouldn't want any children or anything. Well, it's a bit late for that. Well, yeah, and we have had to talk about it. We've decided we don't want children, but yeah, that ship has sailed. <laughs> Have you told the children that? Uh, I, think yeah, they, I think it's fairly obvious to them <laughs> that they're a, a drain on me emotionally, financially, and uh, mentally. 
in fairness, you you are doing better on the children front than um, my friend Alex, who um, spent a happy weekend in uh, A and E this weekend because uh, my goddaughter got in an argument with his wife um, and got so angry she slammed her own finger in a kitchen cabinet. And oh, broke I thought you were going to say that the wife sparked her out. <laughs> no. Hmm. And how old is this, that child? Seven. Oh, well, she's old enough to know better. Fuck her. Drop her off and... Uh, and if she, and if she wasn't, she is now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah exactly. Yeah. Valuable life lessons, as so many painful experiences are. Yeah, we haven't been to the hospital with either of us for a few years now, which is nice. Yeah, we've just had we've had the one dessert with Charlotte, which mm. was not fun. But at least Birmingham's got a children's hospital, so, you know. Mm. Yes, Alex was the same. The, the children's hospital is in the middle of Bristol, so like 20 minutes drive, but serves like Cornwall up to... Well, yeah, like Cornwall. the Birmingham children's hospital is like just rammed and as you, like rammed with children, as you might imagine, yeah. which is quite yeah. fun. Um, yes. But, you know, it seemed... The obvious choice. Yes. You never know, you might see a clown. That's the thing with children's hospitals, isn't it? Mm. Fun, isn't it? Or a spider man. Yeah, but if, if you do, they're probably like bleeding profusely. Mm. So I'm toying with the idea of turning up at work tomorrow with a Borg. Right, okay. Nice. Yes. I think that would be uh, that'd be a good look, wouldn't it? It would. Um, I mean, I assume that you've already sorted your references for the new job, so you don't really care anymore. Um, no, I mean, I, I cared for 18 months. So. No, but what I mean is that, like, I, I'm just I'm thinking in terms of, like, possible comeback on you. Um, yeah. And there probably isn't anything at this point. Um, I mean, if you can shit all up the walls and they haven't said anything, then you <laughs> surely you owe this. Because they haven't DNA tested it or anything. Mm. Well, it's a foregone conclusion, isn't it, at this point? <laughs> yes, fair enough, isn't it? Um, yeah, I do feel like I should leave some kind of dirty protest. Um, but oh, fuck. I just, it's just dawned on me, speaking of, of employment, I need to get out of this job by, like, October, because that's when my annual, annual review is, um, every year, is, is October time. And oh, you just thrown it in? Well, that's what, like, the previous years, I've been able to do that because I'm good friends with my boss, mm. my former boss, who has now left. So I was basically able to pass faster. And although it kind of, it, they, they, you know, in, in aggregate, got up the chain, ultimately he was just able to kind of sign it off and all the rest of it. But now I've got, like, a proper line manager that I barely know who, like, I've spoken to twice who exists somewhere else in the business. And I'll have to do a proper, like, you know, annual review and like write about what I what I've done on my holidays and how I think I can improve my skills next year and set targets and all the kind of bullshit they make you do um so that's like a hard deadline for me now I've got to to be out before then I I will would love it if in like your exit interview or exit paperwork you just put I didn't want to have a proper performance review so I left I mean that's literally the reason I've avoided permanent employment for most of the last 20 years well, yeah, now the yeah. good thing is you could get yourself signed off sick. Go on long term. Due to the stress, due to the stress of the the performance review. Having a performance review, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that would kill two birds with one stone. That would be a good way to do it. Yeah, I did think about um, getting myself signed off for a couple of weeks with stress during my notice period, just because 
I've got sick days. That's part of that's part of my compensation. I should I should use them. They've gone now. Yeah, yeah I was going to say you could have you could have like just started engaging in risky behaviour. Just yeah. To... yeah, yeah. I really wish I'd been put on garden leave. That would have been nice. Yeah, unfortunately, even just the walls didn't didn't get that going. Yeah, but uh, well, maybe I'll get put on garden. Well, I'll put myself on garden leave tomorrow. I'll turn up and just sit and do nothing. Actually, I've got loads of meetings tomorrow. It's pain in the ass. Well, rubbish. Yeah, I will be drunk during them though. So, are you going to actually just be sitting there with with a can of dragon soup and just being like, yeah, uh huh, uh huh? Yeah, yeah. Just I'll put. I think. I think. Dragon suit might be a bit dangerous. You should go with like one of the classics, um, like a can of tenant super or I think you two know. cans of dragon soup in one of those hats with the curly straws that goes all around your head. Yes. No, I like a good that. look. Or one of the straws that sort of like does the glasses. Oh, that'd be mm. nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, given my last uh, encounter with um, oblivion. I think dragon soup should be off the menu. So, um, Chris and Dan and I had some fun at Dan's house, which yeah. uh, Chris had made into some sort of chocolate cake things. It was lovely. Um, but it turns out it reacts very badly with the medication I'm on. So I sat with my heart rate at 140 for quite a long time. Then I had a panic attack because I was remembering the future. Um, and I was in an ambulance, but I couldn't, I, I knew I was in an ambulance because I could hear it, which turns out was Dan's cat's um, water fountain. Oh, I thought um, it was just Dan's. No, the, the problem is Dan lives in London where lots of ambulances go past. Yeah. And I managed to get myself into a panicked state where I was thinking I might need to have an ambulance soon because 140 beats per minute is fine in short bursts, but sustained over a couple of hours, that's um, you know sort of death territory. Uh, so then we heard an ambulance. And I thought, well, that's not for me, so that's fine. Then... Outside Dan's window is a train line, which sparks a lot, and the sparks sort of look like blue flashing lights. So then I could see blue flashing lights, and I'd had a little bit of trouble with time perception anyway, and everything that was happening now, my brain was processing as if it was a memory from long ago, which was very weird. But then we started watching something... um, on TV that I had seen before. So I couldn't differentiate between things that were memories because I had remembered seeing an episode before and something that was happening now, but felt like a memory. So that was freaking me out. Then things that I was sort of imagining, I had the memory of something I'd imagined, but it felt like a real memory. So I had imagined the ambulance arriving and that felt like an, um, that then became a memory that the ambulance had arrived. So uh, yeah, then I had a panic attack, and Chris gave me a nice cuddle and calmed me down. Um, and I thought I'd pissed myself, but then it turned out later on I hadn't pissed myself, and it was the most joy I've ever felt. He did, in the intervening time, actually vomit, though. Oh yes, yeah. I, uh, my my body, I think, decided none of this is good. <laughs> uh, I came up with a conspiracy theory in which. Um, Seb had poisoned the substances <laughs> so that it would kill me. Um, which the problem with that is 
obviously paranoia sets in, but that's also something that's quite feasible. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. So that's, it's, that's it's hard in- to sort yourself down from that. Um, but yeah, then I spent most of last week sort of dissociating and uh, generally not feeling quite connected to reality, but it's all fine now. So, uh, yeah, it's I'm not going to ever do that again. Mm. That's my plan. Yeah. That's sensible. Uh, I spent most of that weekend feeling really ill and not for any reason that was linked to anything that potentially could have been fun. I was just, yeah. I felt sick. It was at least great. Rubbish. Uh, chocolate was delicious. Like Chris makes a very oh, neat, it was, yeah, it was very nice, yeah, chocolate cake thing. But uh, probably didn't help because we were like, "Oh, this is nice." And Dan, during this, while Chris was reassuring me and trying to talk me down and uh, trying to settle my heart rate back down to something sustainable, um, Dan helpfully went very, very quiet and refused to answer me when I said, Dan, are you dead? <laughs> so that didn't help either. Classic Dan. I was very high. Um, yeah. And I just kind of retreated from reality a lot. Everything felt a long way away. I don't know if you can get out but I, I felt like I was in the sunken place. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've got that out of my system now anyway, both figuratively and literally, um, and I have no desire to, to do it again, so that's nice. Good. I'm, obviously, if I'm offered any at Slam Dunk, then I'm going to go absolutely berserk and uh, end in up... Fairness, uh, the feeling anything we're offered at Slam Dunk will be closer to dust than to... Yeah, it would certainly not be of the sort of quality to which I'm now accustomed. Yes. Um, but yes, it's a thing that Citalopram reacts and one of the side effects is massively increased heart rate, which is sort of a side effect of it in general anyway. Um, and considering last time I had Dragon Soup, I woke up with a heart rate, a resting heart rate of 120. I think uh, sort of mind-bending substances are perhaps uh, best avoided for a little while. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to Slam Dunk. Looking through the the set li- the, the band list. Mm. Um, I think I know most of the ones on the Dicky stage, which is what used to be the Fireball stage, and I have heard of I think three of the other bands, and I'm happy to sort of go wherever. I think as long as we're at the main stage for when who was the first ones? I think Flogging Molly were the first of the bands that I definitely Yeah, so so there's a you've got on the on that um Dickie's main stage, um like throughout the day, you've you've got um Zebrahead and Melancholin, and then you've got Gogol Bordello, who I don't think I've ever heard anything by them. Um then Flogging Molly weird gypsy band. Yeah, Flogging Molly, Less Than Jake, Olive Soup, and then the Offspring. Yeah, Flogging Molly would be really good fun. Um, yeah, and then all the others will be good. So I'm happy to sort of walk around for a bit and then end up there at Flogging Molly and sort of yeah, stay there's, there. There's, 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 there's an awkwardly long time between, well, like 45 minutes between each of the um, the acts on each stage. Um, but there's also a lot of them kind of overlap. You know, the stage, so like the, the rock stage basically perfectly overlaps with the Dicky stage. So it's like mm. you can't go and you can't go and catch any of them unless you miss out on one of the others. Yeah. Um, and then the others are a bit more kind of staggered. Um, and like, there's a few that I've heard of, but I don't know if I care enough to actually go and like see their whole set. Um, there's like somewhere it's like, Oh, I know like one song by them and it's good, but I don't know if the rest of their stuff is any good. It might be horrible. Mm. Um, 
Well, the, the second one that we went to, um, we found this quite nice sort of chilled out acoustics stage, didn't we? Um, yeah. Up at the up at the Leeds Beckett University. So I don't know if that's a thing that is always there. And we just um, haven't I seen mean, it. Looking but at we, the... we were sort of stranded inside the arena in the first one, so we didn't really get to do anything else, did we? Yeah, I don't think so. Looking at it, because there's the, there's the two crying stages. Um, below, like, the crying right stage just looks pretty chilled based on the bands, um, honestly. And then the key club, I don't know, the, the key club looks, uh, like, very, like, emo, um, like, or, or kind of, like, Gen Z, everything's terrible. Um might as well enjoy it. it I know oh, everything's um, fine now. Yeah. Um and then Not Fest is I mean just weird. I don't know half most of the bands on there. Now uh, important uh news that I saw earlier is uh the craft beer tent. And the craft beer tent has got uh Lagunitas. Have you heard of them? They've they've got something there. Uh, Vocation Brewery will be there. Five Points Brewing Co. They're nice. Uh, Old Moot Cider, which I wouldn't say is particularly uh, craft. Craft, yeah. yeah. Uh, Beaver Town, as you would expect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not craft anymore. But... I mean, they're not particularly craft anymore. Well, no, that's the sort of thing with Beaver Town. They are technically sold out to the man, but also. It's quite nice beer, and it isn't Brewdog. Um, yes. So I'm willing to give them a pass. Uh, Orchard Thieves Cider. That's a fairly normal, not particularly crafty cider. Okay. Uh, Tiny Rebel, uh, Brennan's Brewery, Lucky Saint, and Williams Brothers Brewing Co. Lucky Saint do the like no the low alcohol stuff. What's the point of that? It's quite nice actually. Oh well, there you go. That's the point. I was I was quite surprised. I went out for work and um, went out of work Christmas before last um, and got about half through the night. Um, at the place we were at, I was thought I don't really want to drink anymore, but people keep offering to buy me drinks. Um, so I. Thought, quite a lucky saint to see what it's like and like it tastes like beer but it just is like one percent or whatever it was just a reasonable way to finish out the night fair enough i've had uh heineken zero a couple of times when i've gone out for like sunday dinner just because sometimes you think oh actually it'd be quite nice to have a pint with this but i'm driving so yeah. isn't awful <sighs> so anything fun happening in Danland. In Danland, I have been on a training course this week. Um, what have you been training for? I've been training in consulting. Um, which is That's very vague. Consulting what? Um, like being a consultant. In no, the way we, consultant. we know consulting is that. Like as in, as in a medical consultant. <laughs> they just skip the uh, medical degree, you're going to straighten the consultant. That's how bad things have got. This is this is why when you when you said like you know just just a consultant, I was like that's either an incredibly vague like subject area which could 
consists of pretty much anything, or it's quite a specific medical area. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's good that they've just decided to cut out the junior because the junior doctors are the ones going on strike. Just make everybody a, a consultant. Consultant. Yeah. yeah. What's the um? Is it a house officer? Is that a thing? Or have I made that up? Not anymore, but I know what it is. Yes. Yeah. Just go straight into that. Head surgeon Daniel Mercer. That sounds. That's got a nice ring to it. I mean, head surgeon is one way of putting it. Serial killer is another. Um, I'm not Probably quite ready. Green surgeons rather than head surgeons, don't they? Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was um, it was good. It was, I'm fucking knackered. I have to admit. Um, what what are you yeah. going to be consulting on? Uh, so basically, the weird the the organisation that my little team works for or is like loosely attached to has a internal NHS consultancy arm. So they hawk themselves out and they do like special projects and fill in work and things like that for other NHS organizations. Uh, and they're very enthusiastic and everyone else in our weird little business group sort of understands what it is that they do and why they do it. Um, and so I had to like do some project management training on my training needs analysis. And this training came up uh, me and my boss thought it was a, a way of like ticking something off my training needs analysis and making nice with people that we can usefully make nice with. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, it's three days out of work. I'll take Friday, Monday off and um, have a proper week off. And so I have. So now what you should do is resign and yeah. offer them your consulting day rate <laughs> and say, you've made your bed. I am you, very well. You gave me dangerous day. knowledge. If I said, this is my day rate, they'd say, actually, maybe I'll pay you 50 quid a day. Maybe. And then I'd be fucked. Well, you could then um, live the life of a free, like, hobo and just travel around having adventures. Be nice. It would, wouldn't it? Like, realistically, you know, have adventures. How long do you think you can get away with not paying your mortgage for before they come and repossess your house? I bet it's ages. Yeah, it's probably quite a while. Yeah. So, especially just, if you make noises about how you definitely want to pay it. Just ignore them. What are they going to do? Send around bailiffs and forcibly eject you? I mean, yes, eventually. Um, all you need to do is have bigger men. That is the solution to most of life's problems. <laughs> big men. Hire some bigger men and say, you come here with your big men. I've got my own big men, mate. You have a big man off. <laughs> you and your big men fight their big men. And they'll, they'll come back with bigger men. But here's the thing. In the meantime, you've gone and got bigger men. It's just about... That's, that's how the whole world works. I'm not inclined to test it because I'm very lazy. But you live near Brixton. I bet you could get some massive men. Yeah, why would they work for me? Ganja. Well, I don't have any ganja. Right, so what you need to do is get some big men to steal a load of ganja for you to pay other big men. Uh-huh. So you're not very good at this consulting, Lark. It's big men all the way down. I, I, I haven't processed the training yet. I need to, like, reflect and all that shit. No. Oh. Yeah. I do need full disclosure. I am in the pay of big, big man. So I may be slightly oh, biased in this. 
but I do think that big men are going to solve all of your problems. I I feel like I was right to be suspicious now now that I know your um your true body as a country. Yeah. Um. Okay, so getting some big men to fight other big men isn't on your list of things to do. Um, it's not. But um, perhaps some big ladies. <sighs> Again, I just worry that I don't have that natural rapport with people to get those kind of people to like beat other people up for me. Yeah, but you'll be paying. But like, there's a way of doing it. Like, you can't be just like, "Oi, have have fifty quid," because they'll just beat me up and take it. Like, you've got to, you know, do the song and dance and the the negotiation and stuff. And I, I've just got no gift for that. Maybe you could um, put on a, like a gangster accent, like Hugh Grant did in that film that we tried to watch. What film did you try to watch that had Hugh Grant putting on a gangster uh, accent? Some Guy Ritchie film in which Hugh Grant is playing like a wide boy and he is magnificent. Yeah. Oh, like, is that um oh, what's it called? Um I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. He was playing the same character that he played in The Gentleman, but it's not, it's a completely different character, unrelated, just happens to speak in exactly the same way. Right, okay. I mean, I will. I will always say fair play to any actor who is so famous and successful they can just turn up to like people invite them to come on films and be like, "Mate, just do what you want." And then they oh, phone. He's just, he's just enjoying himself, isn't he? Yeah, fair enough. Is it in the same way that George Clooney made Ocean's Eleven by being just like, "Hi, I have a bunch of famous friends and we want to make a movie. We're gonna like do uh, draws thing out of a hat, casino robbery, I guess. Someone direct it, and we'll just wander around." Do you think we're famous enough that we could start doing that now? Well, we kind of do when we go out on the lash, right? Or if we would be if we recorded the podcast whilst mid-lash. I've never really thought of our lashes as being um, essentially Ocean's Eleven, but, I mean, there's certainly always a little Chinese man in a box. So they very we much rarely, are. We rarely walk away with millions of dollars. No, but, but if we, we do walk away with the friendships we made along the way, which are worth millions of dollars to not to me, but yes. know, in, <laughs> it could be dumb idea. Yeah. Someone, someone would pay for that. It's so late, isn't it? It's ten past ten. Yeah, well, I mean, it's entirely your fault. Um, not that it, I mean, not the linear progression of time, but <laughs> that we started late. Well, I did my very best to stop the linear progression of time a couple of weeks ago, and let me tell you, it worked. Um, there were there were moments where we would just we'd look at our watch, and then we'd we'd all sit for a bit, and then you'd look at your watch about an hour later, and yeah. three minutes had passed. And it was yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad you all learned a valuable lesson. Yeah, yeah, I think I did. We learned a lesson, certainly. Yeah, the now. What we averted disaster by um Hayden was meant to be joining us. Um Hayden, but luckily he had too much work so he couldn't. If Hayden had been with us, I would definitely have gone in an ambulance. 
the second he got wind of, of my heart rate being over 100, I think I would have been in an ambulance. Yes. Um, which, you know, in his defense could have saved my life, but I uh, I got away with it, so it's fine. Yeah, we uh, we just don't care that much. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, well, you're too mashed to do anything about it. I, think I can't more... think I'm capable of getting up and getting a phone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, 36 minutes, I'm willing to call this podcast. I've sort of run out of things to say and I'm tired. Yeah, I'm knackered. I could do with going to sleep. Yeah. But, oh, you know, we made the effort to at least, you know, put something out. Go on, Adam, do a Chris and say, actually, I have this content that I've been saving for just a special no, case. I, I do. The problem is I can't remember what it is. Ah, right. I came up, I came up with something. I had that thing, which I don't know if, if you've ever, you, you've had this on a regular basis, but like I go to bed, I lie down in bed and then just immediately start thinking about things that then result in a series of really good ideas that I proceed to immediately forget because I go to sleep. Yeah. Then the next morning, I can remember that I had the thoughts about the things, but I can't remember the specifics, and it's incredibly annoying. And this sounds like future memories to me. So I, I had a very yeah. specific thought about a thing that I could ask you on the podcast that would like spark an interesting conversation, and I can't for the life of me remember what it is. But this is distinct from like where you have a dream and you can remember like it's of the dream sort of but not the details and you're not sure whether it was a thing that you actually did or whether it was entirely imagined this is the thing that i know that i thought of before i went to sleep i just can't remember the details of it but it was great it was yeah if it comes back to me i'll actually write it down and then i can ask you you could um keep a dream journal have you ever tried doing that um no I like the idea I've, of it. I've, I've continued to uh, operate on the basis that it's only a matter of time before they invent some kind of dream recording technology, and I don't need to worry about writing it down. But they haven't yeah. done it yet, despite it being a staple of like uh, you know uh, sci-fi plots for like the last fifty years. Um, no fuck has done it. It does make you wonder what the hell a scientist is actually working on, hmm. because. I can't think of anything more useful than being able to record my dreams and watch them back. I assume I, I Netflix are suppressing it. I mean, that would that would fit. It's the only explanation, isn't it? They the haven't worked out how to like, monetize it yet. Yeah, but I, I would be concerned because you know that the technology would be developed, but like they'd be storing all of the the dreams in the cloud, and then you'd be like, actually. I'm not sure I want anyone to know about the things that I've been dreaming about. Oh, God, no, you wouldn't ever show them to anybody else. Can we please delete all of these and pretend they never happened? Yeah. I guess maybe your therapist would be allowed access to them. I guess sort of like maybe they'd need to get a warrant. Confidentiality. Yeah. Stuff going on there would never be disclosed. But then the problem is, like, what happens if you, like, dream about committing crimes? Does that count as, like, something that could therefore need to be reported to the police if, like, you're having recurring dreams about murdering the same person? I suppose it depends if it's a, like, a dream of a memory from the future. Mm, That would be problematic. Yes. Yeah. I do, you do sort of wonder stuff like that. Like, that 
shouldn't be difficult. Like, I, I grant you I'm not a scientist, but it's all just electric pulses and stuff, isn't it? Surely we should be able to. Like, why why can't you like plug your brain into a USB port and copy stuff onto it? It's all electricity, isn't it? Yeah, it could be easy. I didn't say it would be easy, but it should be possible. And the fact that they're not busting their gut to unlock the secret to how to do that, and instead they're looking at you know climate change and curing diseases and like seeing if plants can feel pain and shit like this, just get on with something useful. Let me copy a film into my brain so I don't have to watch the film. I can just remember having watched it. That's all I want. Mm. Be and like, be able to, like, and like be able to like download karate into my brain, stuff like that. That would be very handy. Great, wouldn't it? Um, I could download like the ability to be, um, like a a CEO of a Fortune five hundred company on two million dollars a year. I could download all the knowledge and skills I need to do that. Get a wicked job. Great, wouldn't it? Then they're fucking about with Chat GPT, and they could be doing this. Right. Uh, what? Mm. Well, I made the mistake of um, sending to some of my um, soon-to-be erstwhile colleagues uh, a link to the podcast in case anybody wanted to <laughs> sort of keep in touch. I'm going to feel really awful if anybody listens to this one first, because this is, even by some of our standards, this has been low energy and a bit... Well, yeah, but at least at least you've not slagged them off, which is the important thing. I yeah. could, couldn't I? I could go through one by one until you <laughs> think of each of them. It'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, if you are a new listener, then um, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Tell HR. <laughs> uh, can I go to bed, please? Yes. Yay. <laughs>